From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Kathy and I are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Today, we're going to be focusing on teamwork and leadership, and we're really privileged to have Tom Heck, who is the president of the International Association of Teamwork Facilitators, and he also has an incredible website, uh, which is teachmeteamwork.com. We'll hear more about that um, from Tom. Tom is the is a veteran of team and leadership development field and has trained leaders and teamwork facilitators from North America, Europe, Middle East, Africa, the Caribbean, Central and South Africa, and Australia. Uh, the tools he's developed tools, books, multimedia training, CDs, team building activities, audio programs that are used by facilitators, trainers, and coaches to transform transform teams around the world. And Tom started a website business called Teach Me Teamwork, and we'll get the exact count, but I know it had uh, over 40,000 people mailing lists in 103 um, countries. Tom lives in Asheville in North Carolina uh, with his wife and, and two children. He recently has a new book called Duct Tape Team Building Games, 50 Fun Activities to Help Your Team Stick Together. And what I particularly like about Tom, a few things. One is just his his energy and enthusiasm, which are here, but then also uh, his ability to use technology. And so even with his book, um, Duct Tape Teamwork, you can uh, go to his website and see videos of some of these games and activities that he has there. So if you're looking to spice up your team, your organization, um, he's given you all the tools. And you know that uh, Kathy and I, we always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Relly, and it's a pleasure to always meet new folks and to hear a little bit about Tom's background is just, um, I guess, kind of icing on the cake for what I already knew was going to happen on the show, and I love the name of that book, Duct Tape. I love that, sticking together. <laughs> it's so <laughs> cute. Um, it's amazing how the title of something can grab you like that, so I'm very excited. And, you know, Rally, we always try to give our audiences um, insight and useful information to use as we know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. But most leaders will also underestimate just how much they influence others, and as you know, as a result, they can underperform. But we also know that by having wonderful, engaging guests on our show and learning to do just a few things differently, we can all dramatically improve our performance and that of our organization. So what we try to do in every one of our shows, and we hope you, the audience, are learning with us, is um, how to develop more leaders in your organization and to learn a little bit about what happy companies know about performance and what emotional intelligence 
and positive psychology strategies can, can do to help your company perform better and you as an individual. We also try to bring you a little bit about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, which is always exciting. And we talk about generation and gender differences to help manage yourself and your work-life balance practices as well. So we're going to talk about more of these many tools and tips hopefully with the help of Tom. But, Riley, before we do that, maybe you can tell our audience about some of the science behind what we do. Sure. Thanks, Kathy. Well, we talk a lot about leadership development on Leadership Development News here, and one of the reasons is we know that leaders have between 50 and 70% influence over the climate of, the, of their team. And a big reason of that is emotions are contagious, and the person whose emotions are the most contagious is the leader. We like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. So how they are directly reflects on how the team is. We also know that being a star is, as we define, is someone in the top 10%. And one of the keys to getting in the top 10% is emotional intelligence along with all the key competencies that go with that. When you compare that to either IQ, how smart someone is, or technical expertise. And why do we want someone in the top 10% if you're thinking about some of your people? How do you get your, your B players to be A players? So someone in the top 10% from the research is, uh, produces twice as much revenue to the organization as a manager in the 11th through the 89th percentile. So it really is worth putting that time into your, getting your B players to be A players. And we also know that if you have training in your organization, it can help productivity. Some of the research says about 22% bump in productivity. If you add that with ongoing coaching, some of the things that we're going to talk with Tom about, uh, in addition to the training, there is about an 88% boost in productivity. <clears throat> and we know that both Kathy and I and also Tom are certified coaches. If you bring uh, coaching into your organization, Many times within a day or two, you can get that set up. And <clears throat> there's research that shows uh, that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. And so from all our shows, if you can get one or two or three little things that you can do differently, these micro-initiatives can create a macro-impact. And so if you're interested in more information about Kathy, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. If you're interested in me, Dr. Rowan Adler, my website is uh, www.truenorthleadership for some free emotional intelligence tools and assessments, and there's also um, speaking keynotes, leadership, and, and coaching boot camps. So let me say a couple more words about Tom. Hey, Tom, welcome to the call. Hey, thanks, Riley. Thanks, Kathy. And I mentioned a fair amount of things about Tom. I guess I've I've been a, uh, a member of his website from when it first came out. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that because it sounds like a lot of it was modeled after really one of the founders of coaching, uh, Tom Leonard. But then he also, uh, Tom, can tell us about a new membership website that he has. And if you're interested in anything on teamwork, there's an archive of all kind of activities. And if you're a leader, you're a trainer, he makes it very, very simple for you. There's set up in preparation directions, there's rules, there's comments and insights about how to actually do the do the activity, there's debriefing suggestions, there's all kind of variations, there's some details of if there's props, how to do it. And then you also have uh, video clips and photos. So 
Tom, welcome to the call. We're glad to have you here and, and have you share some of your expertise. Oh, it's my delight. Yeah, Tom, one of the things that we always like to do at the beginning of every one of our programs is to help our audience know you a little bit better. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to work in the field of teamwork and leadership, that would be just terrific. Uh, the, uh, well, I think that uh, as I uh, think about uh, answering questions like this, I, I wonder, always wonder, how far do we go back? You know, do I... <laughs> When I was 10 years old, no. Well, I think actually when it started, Kathy, is uh, I went to college and um, uh, to uh, Virginia Tech, and my intention was to uh, study engineering. I had always grown up, uh, or the adults around me when I was growing up said, oh, you'll make a great engineer, you'll make a great engineer, because I was always playing around with different things. Well, I got to college and quickly realized I did not need to be an engineer and uh, eventually ended up in education. And uh, I think that that's sort of uh, where uh, the genesis of my um, curiosity about leading teams, because I'll I'll never forget uh, when I was, uh, you know, most uh, teachers, when they're in college, they have to um, go to uh, or, or go to a school and work with them. What's, what I was uh, referred to, or, or the person I was working with, is a, a master teacher. And uh, so I worked for three months in a classroom, and uh, eventually, you know, took charge of the class. And uh, over time, got more and more responsibilities until I was leading the class. Well. Uh, I really started to question, and uh, you know, when I saw the the master teacher leading the class uh, initially, and then I I looked at what I was doing when I was leading the class, and at first it just was a struggle, and uh, I really didn't understand what it meant to lead a group of people. You know, every day uh, you stand in front of a, a group of students, and this was at a middle school. You know, if any of our listeners remember middle school. Uh, what a tumultuous time for most kids, and here I was leading this group of you know uh, period after period all day long for months and it was three or four months and uh, that 's when I started this the question uh, what did I know? what did I understand to be true about leading a group of people and um, you know sitting in a classroom at the university and talking about leading a group of people, you know, classroom management is what they call it in, in the university, and being in, the mo- in that situation are two entirely different things. It's sort of the difference between, you know, picking up a book and, and looking at the pictures and reading a description about how to ride a bicycle and then showing up, you know, at a workshop where they say, okay, here's your bicycle and we're going to learn how to ride this today. It's the experience of it was very different than studying about it. So that's where it started, and then my uh, probably uh, I jumped uh, from there into the fire, from the frying pan into the fire. My first job out of uh, college was working as a uh, juvenile corrections officer in a program modeled after Outward Bound, and I know Relly has uh, experience that's, working with Outward Bound, the premier outdoor personal leadership development company. I had that exact same experience my first job out of out of college. Yeah. Well, it now that really changed. I mean, if if I thought that I uh, you know, my last sort of semester in college was working in the classroom and then I went from that to working with juvenile, you know, kids, teenagers who were incarcerated, 
um, and in a wilderness uh, therapeutic adventure program. And oh my gosh, that's where really what I thought I understood about what drove people and how teams work and what motivated people, <laughs> everything changed there. And and so that's actually where I started to study team building and team and experiential learning and the difference between talking about creating change and uh, doing an experience and allowing the experience to be the gateway to a discussion. And I became absolutely fascinated with that. And uh, and then here I am. Uh, I don't know how many years later, uh, having gone through, you know, I've also worked in uh, education, I've worked in nonprofits, and uh, always in the area of uh, personal and team development, community development. And uh, and specifically, I think a lot changed for me uh, around 90, uh, maybe 98 or so, when I had the opportunity to uh, come across the coaching Arena and Thomas Leonard, who was the founder of uh, the International Coach Federation, Coachville.com, um, Coach University, all of that. And, and Tom, it, let me just interrupt you here because we want to get yeah. back to this. We're going to have our first first break, uh, and this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back with Tom Heck. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next-level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. 
That's h2cleadership.com. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, and we're talking with Tom Heck. Tom, you were just sharing with us a little bit about the history and the birth of Coach University and Tom Leonard. Can you just finish that thought for us before yeah. we move on? Uh, well, my introduction to Thomas Leonard and, and the coaching industry is, was transformative uh, when it came to my, the approach I began to take with working with teams and working with the people who lead them. And uh, it, it has become a foundational um, operating system, if you will. So uh, my operating system, we talk about operating systems with computers. My operating system when it comes to working with teams and working with the people who lead them, it's really what I would refer to as the coach approach and how we can um, help teams move so, you know, from good to great, from, to move from the into that top 10%. So uh, I, uh, in the work that I'm doing now, uh, I teach, uh, for example, a course called the Leader as Coach Fast Track Program. It's a 10-week intensive uh, course, a distance learning program uh, that centers around the coach approach to leadership. And uh, I think that the the reason this is so important for leaders to understand is that there has been a shift, and, and uh, the, Thomas Leonard uh, passed away a couple of years ago, an untimely early death at, uh, I think he was 52, and uh, he, the company was, is still going, and uh, it was uh, is being run by a gentleman by the name of Dave Buck, and Dave has an interesting way of saying this, and that is that we the shift we have made is... is um, you know, we, we hear a lot about the uh, agricultural re- uh, and then the industrial revolution and then the information age and so on and so forth. What Dave has said, uh, and this is why I think it's important for leaders to get, and specifically around coaching, is that we are now in what he would call the, infra- uh, the inspiration age. Not the information, but the inspiration age. Teams and leaders need to understand, well, leaders need to understand how not to motivate, but to inspire. And I think that coaching is the best tool for that. That's great. So I haven't, <clears throat> haven't heard of that as the inspiration age. We'll talk maybe a little bit about um, Teach Me Teamworks, and, and I mentioned some numbers there before. I'm probably off, but you've got, you really have touched a lot of people worldwide. So maybe just you know, how big is that list and, and yeah. how many different countries now? Well, what inspired this is uh, actually uh, the events of 9-11, and I was, uh, prior to trying to reach out on a global basis, I I did what a lot of, um, you know, trainers and facilitators do, which is, you know, you get, um, you, you go from one program to another and this type of thing, and that day, that morning, I was uh, on my way to uh, co-facilitate, 
a five-day leadership development program for about 60 people, and 30 of whom had already arrived at the event for a pre-conference. And we decided uh, that morning, uh, to my, the other facilitators, to go ahead with the event. And uh, while we were there, I just was struck by how important this work is and that we need to reach out, that I felt a, a desire to reach out to more people. And so I've done that through uh, this uh, the website. The original site was teachmeteamwork.com, and that attracted uh, uh, close to, I'm approaching 43,000 subscribers from 103 or 105 countries at this point. And, uh, and so and recently that site has evolved into the International Association of Teamwork Facilitators. And so we now have members to that from 19 countries, and through uh, you know what's now available to us, you know the web and great telephone technology and and whatnot, I'm able to reach out and help build community and and lead training events through the web and through telephone conference calls, and it is amazing. I was just leading an event today for our uh, the IATF and. It was really amazing what what we're able to do and and having people participate from all over the world. Um, it's a a miracle to me that you have been able to do something of of this, I want to say, um, magnitude with uh, a cross cultural theme uh, that applies everywhere. How you know how have you done that? What has been your biggest learning in? in talking with leaders all over the world and their ability to embrace this? Well, it's, uh, this is, um, there are cultural differences, of course. If you talk to someone <clears throat> in Nigeria and, you, and then 30 minutes later you're talking with somebody in uh, India, uh, you'll find that there are cultural differences. What's interesting to me is, is the things that we have in common as leaders worldwide when it comes to trying to get a group of people to move together uh, and uh, and be inspired, and uh, what um, w- there's a book, uh, the the world is flat by Thomas Friedman, and I'm, I suspect that you guys know about this book. And essentially, the, this idea, it, it puts forth this idea that uh, because of technology, high speed internet, and whatnot, that uh, you know, I can be sitting here in my office in the mountains of North Carolina and reaching out to people around the world and bringing them together and helping them communicate, share ideas, and move forward. And and this flattening effect, you would think that uh, someone in Australia may not have the same needs as someone in India or South Korea or Germany. And in reality, what I'm finding is that we're all... Uh, um, at least the people who I'm attracting are all looking for a new way uh, to lead groups of people. Something, in my in my experience, has shifted that the old paradigm of um, uh, sort of command and control style of leadership is uh, all of these people are recognizing. If if it ever did work, it's certainly not working now. And, and the teams that are really going to move forward, the leaders that are going to move forward, are those leaders that embrace uh, a coaching methodology to leading teams and, and building teams. So that's, that's the common thread. This, 
and, and moving towards inspiration uh, rather than uh, trying to figure out, you know, kind of tricks and techniques for motivating people. And so that's kind of similar to, you know, we've had other guests. We recently had somebody uh, talk about the carrot principle and talking about engagement and saying even surprisingly, mm-hmm. even in places like China, Japan, you know, this idea of inspiration and and you know, really wanting people to inspire them, where or sometimes we may have our kind of bias that they may just be more focused on on getting the job done. Uh, so it sounds like you found that also that even across cultural boundaries, the, the inspiration has been one of the key areas that they want from folks. Well, everybody's looking for that. Uh, uh, I think that the, the, if there's a common question I get, mm-hmm. it's how do I build a high functioning team? Hmm. You know that question in some form or another. Right. Right. And so how do you do that? And and so if you as you look around the the uh leadership books that are coming out now uh not just now but lately that uh there's an understanding a shift that has happened. At least that's what I see. Mm-hmm. And uh you know there's a, one of the our new faculty members at the uh IATF is um a, a, a gentleman by the name of John David Mann who wrote a book uh, called The Go-Giver. And it's essentially a, 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 for lack of a better phrase, is an operating system for how to be, how to lead people, how to interact with them. And it is clearly based on uh, this idea of abundance and uh, inspiration and showing up authentically. And and I think that that, uh, and the work that uh, you and uh, Relly and Kathy are doing is that you're getting ideas out there that... uh, are helping create a shift in the leader uh, as opposed to, you know, a leader coming to you saying, okay, I need to work on my team. The assumption being that if they don't work on themselves, that somehow they can skip that piece, uh, you know, not working on themselves and somehow get the team to do it. You know, sort of the do what I say, not uh, not what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, in, in just as far as teams go, um, maybe you can say a little bit of kind of why are, are teams so important, and then maybe we'll also talk about kind of things you've seen of how teams gone wrong. But so, are, uh, given your whole business is built uh, initially on teams and now more leadership uh, leader as coach, which we'll get into, why are you seeing teams as so important? Well, uh, the if you're trying to be competitive, you know, it used to be that if you could buy a more powerful computer than your um, your competition, or maybe you could buy a fax machine. You remember when fax machines were like really expensive and the cutting edge tool, and not everybody had them. And if you had them, you had a little bit more of a competitive advantage. Well, all the technological advantages, you know, the the playing field has leveled. In fact, I was just reading some articles about Google. You know, Google Apps. No longer do you need to even own the Microsoft Office suite of applications, right? You can get them for free. Mm-hmm. So if that that playing field, the technological playing field, is now leveled, so uh, you know what are we uh, left with? Is it information that's going to give you a competitive edge when now you can Google anything and and the information is now out there to anybody who enters in a keyword? It's no longer information, but it used to be at one point in our, our, our history. What's, what is going to give you the competitive edge now 
is people, developing your people. That's what's going to give you a competitive edge. It's no longer necessarily salary, you know, that uh, is going to drive people, especially if you're working with Generation Y. I was just reading an article in Harvard Business Review, the latest issue of Harvard Business Review, and uh, they're saying the same thing, is that if, if you think that you're going to be able to motivate your team and get the most out of them simply because by giving them a bigger paycheck, you're mistaken. That's not going to do it uh, necessarily. So it's, what's going to give you the competitive edge now is a high-functioning team, a group of people who, uh, and this is why I like your work, Kathy, is that it enjoys working with each other and challenges each other. When they come to work, it's, it's not a, you know, oh, no, i got to go to work. It's, oh, yes, I get to go to work. And, you know, Tom, as you're um, explaining the importance of, of teamwork in organizations, obviously people are, are saying, okay, you know, I've been on a team, quote, unquote, for a couple of years now, and obviously I'm not really happy with the team or I wouldn't be asking you the question, mm-hmm. what have you found goes wrong with teams and why? And then I would love to make sure that we have time to get to your seven qualities as a leader. But I, I just realized that we are going to go to break, so I'm going to ask you to pause on that question so you'll have a little bit of time to figure out a great answer, which I know you have for us. And we're going to take a quick break for a commercial, and this is Leadership Development News, so come right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. 
We're talking with Tom Heck, and uh, Tom is the founder and president of the International Association of Teamwork Facilitators. And uh, that website, Tom, why don't we give it now? We'll also give it at the end. Absolutely. The website is uh, iatfconnect.com, I-A-T-F, as in International Association for Teamwork Facilitators, iatfconnect.com. Great. And so before the break, we were just talking about teams, and, and Kathy had asked, you know, given your work through different organizations, pro, uh, private, nonprofit, um, globally, what have you seen that's gone wrong with teams? Well, uh, let's start here. I, I, the um, There are seven qualities of a coach manager, and I, I'd like to maybe answer that question. It's a great, a, a great question. What goes wrong with teams, I think, Sort of the the other side of the coin is what? How do we uh, make or, or help teams do the right thing and move in the right direction? If there is quote one right direction, and uh, maybe if we start here is that uh, I think the one of the things that I see is that uh, and and this goes back to that shift of uh, moving into a coach approach uh, for for leaders, the leader as coach. Uh, versus the uh, what you might refer to as a traditional coach, or I'm sorry, a traditional leader, a traditional manager, a supervisor, and that is is that the the a a leader as coach sees themselves as a model for others, and they're not just concerned about being a quote expert manager, and it, it's a fine distinction. It's not just about um, you know there's a lot of expert managers out there, people who are you know. And um, might have the MBA and may have the MBA from a Harvard, and and yet they're uh, they have all of their T's crossed and their I's dotted and whatnot, and they you could consider them an expert manager, but they're not they haven't shifted into the place of being a model for other people, and and I think that that's an important distinction, uh, especially nowadays is. Uh, uh, and, and this is what I often ask uh, groups is, how does that change things for you when you uh, refer to yourself as a model leader? And, uh, and some people report that, well, that adds a little degree of stress for them. You know, they, they, they're, kind, they're, they're fine with being an expert manager or identified as such, but if you were to say, well, you're an expert manager and a model for other people, uh, that somehow changes it for them. You know, that brings me to um, a a little kind of a topic that, that I hear a lot in many large companies, which is, are we doing brainstorming or blame-storming? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, being a good model leader, I would assume, would be taking on those kinds of distinctions, you know, not allowing people to go down the negative path and, in fact, pulling people back to the positive when they get into the negative. Mm. I, I think that this is a big piece here. Is, uh, um, and I know that it goes with your work, the work that the two of you are doing around um, setting the tone. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you view yourself as a model, the, sort of the, the perception is, is that p- you know people are looking at you. If you are going to be the model and identified as such, or want to be identified as such, then the, uh, everybody looks to the model. Why reinvent the wheel, right? And so what we do is 
uh, you know, if we're in an organization in, on a team and someone says, so who do I model myself after? And what I would encourage the um, people listening to this recording would say is, hey, uh, what we want you to do is model, we want the answer to be you, your name, fill in the blank right there. You're the model for what we want. It, you're not just an expert manager. You're the model. You have, uh, and when I work with people on this, we talk about standards, uh, your personal standards, and, and that is what you put out to the world, right? And now the flip side of that is, uh, so, so in other words, a strong uh, leader as coach uh, a strong supervisor, strong manager, strong leader, this person has uh, strong or um, extensive standards uh, or strong standards in that what they put out to the world, what they deliver to the world is uh, of high integrity and high caliber. And the other part is they also have strong boundaries, and that is what we allow the world to do to us, right, that they have extensive boundaries. They They don't allow the world, you know, in the worst case, the, the world's not walking all over top of them. And this is true not only at work, but you'll see this in their personal life as well. Well, I know a lot of what you're, you're saying, Tom, you know, applies certainly to leaders, but I think in your personal life too, just around parenting and, and you know, many of us have kids who are teenagers and, and even though we don't necessarily see it this way, many times they're looking for those boundaries. We see them pushing the boundaries, and many times they're looking for the limit setting. And the the leader as model, as you're saying, um, I think we often talk with this, and Kathy mentioned this earlier, you know, that most leaders underestimate their influence over others. Absolutely. And it's just because of that aspect, and I usually call that the spotlight. They're under the spotlight, and often they don't realize they're under the spotlight. But in any talks that I give, I ask them, you know, do you think you underestimate your influence over others? And if they think about it, because they're just doing their job, they're not seeing themselves as a model, they, they shake their heads yes. And if that's the case, and this is a kind of a universal statement, almost every leader is underperformed, and that means almost every team is underperformed. And it goes right back to what you're saying, kind of the, the leader, and are they actualizing their influence? Mm. I think the, uh, a friend of mine, uh, said, uh, kind of put it in this in these terms: is what do you do when no one is looking? Right. That's that's a question I want to know. <laughs> well, the thing that you brought up that is very uh, clear to me occurs a lot in companies when you're dealing with teams is the distinction between the expert problem solver and the person who you say creates this problem free zone, mm. so that people can clear the path to getting through a situation or creating a, a process or a way of being that the experts can't define as right or wrong. And uh, unfortunately, we know that many experts, once they have had an experience, will always go back to the tried and true way of doing something, which can often alienate the rest of the team if they have ideas for how to do things differently. Mm. And this this piece about the uh, creating um, the being the expert problem solver for and this is one of the, I, I see as the qualities of a the leader as coach is that they don't they would rather be seen as someone who creates problem free zones what I would refer to as a problem free zone versus being the expert problem solver you know I was w- working with a, a leader of a nonprofit once and she um, got a lot out of. 
uh, being the go-to person when uh, in difficult situations, and because she quote always had the answers, she could always be depended upon to have the answers, and so uh, that was all good and fine until she got ill, right? And so she hadn't built up her team members to uh, be able to take these problems on on their own, and 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 but here's a more important shift: is how can we as leaders uh, rather than putting up with problems, how can we create problem-free zones? Now, can you ever on a team really eliminate problems? I, I would suggest, at least in my ex- estimation, probably not. Can you move and build a team that uh, begins to eliminate uh, problems? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I interviewed uh, uh, David Allen, who's the author of mm-hmm. Getting Things Done. Mm-hmm. We interviewed him also, yes. Oh, did you? Well, and, and I love what he said about uh, a lot of people get, um, a lot of leaders really get attached to the idea of uh, efforting, if you will, versus effortlessness and the absence of struggle. And and you know it's it's almost as if if you find a leader who is uh, is uh, doesn't have struggle in their life, uh, many people think that that they they must not be a good leader because they're not working hard, right? It's always uh, some some people who think that good leaders are people who are struggling. They uh, put in a lot of effort. They're always you know late at, uh, stay arrive early, stay late. Uh, this type of thing, and, and David Allen says the the problem with that is that it completely eliminates creativity when you're efforting and struggling, hmm. and and so because of that, I mean, it, uh, look at look at what's going on in the economy right now. Do we need more creativity or less? I would say that we need teams and leaders that build uh, creativity, not diminish it. And so, what what are some of the ways, Tom, that you found to create some of these problems? Free zones versus the expert. Well, I think that moving through the, uh, and kind of covering some of these seven qualities, one is is that uh, they have more than they need, and, and another way to say that is that leaders have reserves. They find ways uh, and understand the value of building in reserves to their lives. And what do I mean by reserves? Okay, reserves of time. How many how many leaders do we have? We heard. Uh, say, you know, I just don't have time. I don't have, uh, and what's worse is when they don't have time for their family, I think. I've worked with leaders, uh, you know, one gentleman uh, who gets home typically, uh, say he works six days a week, he's home between seven and nine, depending on the day, and his kids are, you know, getting very little of him. And so he has very little uh Time reserves of time. Tom, I'm going to ask you to just pause on that because that's certainly an important point to make, and we want to talk more about this issue of time and um, you know people's ability to be effective as mm-hmm. a leader. But we need to go to a very quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. So don't go away. This is Leadership Development. Media. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350 percent? 
At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Tom Heck here the founder and president of the International Association of uh, Teamwork Facilitators. And the website is iatfconnect.com. And, Tom, before the break, you were talking about uh, having resources, and and maybe we can finish up a little bit with that, and then we'll we'll move to um, the next question. Okay. Well, so this, this piece about having reserves and, uh, time, energy, patience, support, money, you know, the, uh, having more than you need because when you have more than you need, when you have a reserve or at least you feel as though you have a reserve in your life, Relly and Kathy, you know that you show up differently compared to when you, uh, a leader feels as though they have no time, they have no, their energy is depleted, they... Uh, their pa- reserve of patience is done. You know, a leader that, like that, they're never going to be able to build a high-performing team. So the, these are issues. Now, one of the, the big piece, and we don't have necessarily time in this call to address this, but here's the big piece I work on with leaders, and that is uh, addressing what um, Patrick Lencioni, the author of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, would call an adrenaline addiction. Mm. And uh, and he wrote a, uh, an article uh, entitled "The Painful Reality of Adrenaline Addiction." Maybe if our listeners Google that, they might find it. And uh, it's in Leadership Review Magazine. It's a great little article. Uh, and I have a little self test. If if folks go to iatfconnect.com and uh, Google, uh, I'm sorry, use the search term to uh, um, search adrenaline addiction, you'll find a self test to uh, determine if you, in fact have an adrenaline addiction, and, uh, and what to do about it. And, but an adrenaline addiction, uh, an addiction to adrenaline, let me put it this way, is the number one block to having reserves in your life. At work, personally, it doesn't matter. That, and, and it is prevalent among leaders. 
certainly all seen that. You, anybody gets uh, out of any kind of meeting, movie, and everybody's at their phone on their BlackBerry. You know, with, within within thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it, yeah. The CrackBerry isn't that what they call right, it? Right. Yes. Well, what about this question in, in regards to one of your um, qualities of a of a coach leader? Uh, having the agreement to coach them, and maybe you can explain a little bit more about that, because I think most managers say, well, I just tell them what to do, or I'd like to just tell them what to do. Well, I think that this is, uh, it's an assumption that uh, if a, a leader is going to head down the path of taking a coach approach, is not just to assume that everybody wants to be coached. And uh, I think that there's a, um, a piece about respect and honor and trust that uh, comes into this uh, for me, and that is is that you uh, develop an agreement. You ask. I mean, it sounds kind of ridiculous to some is that, you know, I have a, a friend who owns a, uh, a business in, um, in health care, and he has about 30 employees, and, and uh, he said, you know, why would I ask? I'm, I'm their boss. You know, why would I want to ask them if I can lead them a certain way, essentially is what he's saying. And, but when you ask, it, it changes the dynamic because it, it creates a dialogue. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I'll ask people, uh, tell me when you've been coached by somebody in a, a way that uh, is memorable and powerful for you, that energized you. And oftentimes it started with some kind of agreement, Right whether it's sports coaching or leadership coaching. Uh, but at the outset, there was a, a clarity between what is the coach's role and what is the uh, coachee's role, if you will, and how are we going to relate to each other. And this is something that a strong leader, a leader as coach, is going to do. Uh, and, and, and just that one piece, uh, it moves us into the place of dialogue and agreement and moving forward, uh, as opposed to, uh, again, my way or the highway. I'm just going to go ahead and deliver this to you whether you asked for it or not. And, Tom, when you are, um, are doing these, uh, they're kind of like a contract, right? Aren't you contracting with people when you do this? Uh, uh, that's one way to use it, yes. Yeah, some people are, are, are comfortable using the word contract and actually, uh, I mean, you can actually develop a, a coaching contract uh, with your, uh, the people who you lead, the people on your team, and to make it that clear. And uh, for some people, that's very effective uh, to uh, state it, that um, as your coach, as your, um, the leader of this team, this is what I'm going to, I promise to do, and this is what I expect from you, and, and literally sign it. And, in fact, there's a, at the International Coach Federation, the ICF, you can uh, read the, uh, the, the protocol of coaches that uh, are members of the ICF. And for many of our listeners, that might be useful to take a look at that as to how we are expected to be as coaches. One, one thing, Tom, I know what, that I talk with leaders, the simple thing, can they ask the person what are they thinking about doing uh, before they give their advice? <laughs> and just that question, because I've been asking audiences now, how often when someone comes to you, they look confused, they're scratching their head, 
and you think they want your answer as the boss or leader, what percent of time do they not want your answer, but they want validation for their own answer? I love it. And, and, and you know, I was, uh, my son was uh, taking Taekwondo for a while, and I'll never forget this. I saw a, a nine-year-old yellow belt, and uh, I, there's, you know, white belt for the beginners, and the next level up is yellow belt. Well, this was like on a Wednesday or Thursday, and on the Saturday there was going to be a testing. Uh-huh. Well, this nine-year-old was getting ready to test for his next belt, and I was watching the class, and the nine-year-old, normally a very competent young man, got flustered in doing his form. You know, he has to do this form in preparation for this test, and he forgot. He forgot the sequence. Right. He walked up to the instructor, uh, the teacher, and said, um, what's the, just, can you give me the, the next step? Just, right. I forgot. And the, here's what was brilliant, and here's uh, the difference between a coach and someone who's, who's leading traditionally. Uh, he was using a coach approach. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go sit down right over there, close your eyes, and I want you to just go through the uh, form in your mind. And he went down, sat, and quickly uh, stood up and did the whole form. Now, what was powerful about that is, now, who owns that information? Who has more ownership of that? Yeah. It, it's, the, it's this nine-year-old. You know, it, because if the instructor had given it to him, he would have just been enabling this person and said, uh, what he was teaching is go inside, look for the answer. I'm yeah. here to support you if you need it. But it was more powerful for him to do that. What, did it take longer? Yes. But in the long run, which is more powerful? Yeah. Well, I know I've been doing this soft evaluation, and it would be nice to do a hard evaluation. But anytime I ask people, I said, how often is someone, and think for, the, uh, for people listening now, they come to you, you think they want your answer, but they really want validation for their answer. What comes up over and over is 70 or 80% of the time they want validation for their answer. They don't want the leader's answer. Absolutely. Well, Kathy, you got another question or two here before we we end our time with with Tom. Well, what I find really fascinating about this whole conversation is a focus on really looking at teamwork a different way, and the qualities of leader as a coach, um, the qualities of a team, and and what you believe is success. And I don't think we've really talked a lot about that. So, Tom, I'd love to hear in the closing minutes we have what. What, in your mind, is a truly successful team that has achieved excellence? Wow. Uh, well, Kathy, was, that's just such a simple question. I'm just kidding. Uh, gosh, <laughs> uh, what, what really defines a successful team? It, well, it, it, you do a lot of work, I know, in, around happiness and, uh, and success related to happiness. I think that that is an indicator of what makes a successful team. Of course, there's results. Um, and, and yet, how many times have we seen a, a team able to achieve short-term results but then fall apart because they don't like each other at, at the end of the day? You know, short-term, they, they were able to get the ball in the goal, so to speak, but now they're not even friends. They can't stand each other, and they're looking for an out. They're looking for another way. They're on monster. Uh, you know, I was talking with... Uh, uh, an executive director of a, a Red Cross, and he said, "Boy, you know, it's just it's unnerving to me to see these young people come in, and I hire them, and on a Monday and on a Wednesday they're already on Monster.com, you know, kind of uh, moving around looking." And uh, I think that 
uh, one of the, the I, I asked him, I said, so what are you doing to inspire these people that, that you're hiring? What are you doing to bring them together? And, and I think that, you know, do we all have to be friends and uh, on a team? I don't know that that's so much it, but are we a strong community? Yes, absolutely. That there's a, a bond there that we uh, trust each other, that trust is high enough that we're, we can um, challenge each other and ask each other to grow um, and commit to moving forward, and we have clarity and uh, vision uh, to move forward. But I think a lot of it, it starts really with the leader and, and how they're going to show up. Uh, so if I had to bring it all down to just one piece, it's if you want to build a high-performing team, uh, take a look at yourself. And, and because what you're seeing reflected in the team is, is uh, I would encourage you to say, uh, start practicing this. What I'm witnessing is a mirror of what's going on inside me. Hmm. If you have a team that's confused, that is struggling, uh, uh, start to ask yourself, how much is that going on inside me? That's great, Tom. I mean, that's a good, good note for us to end on. Kind of ties back to what we were saying as the, the leader being the emotional thermostat. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you very much. I mean, we could talk a lot more. Maybe we'll have to have you come back at some time. But this, this a is a great, yeah, great opportunity. I do want to give them the other website: www.teachmeteamwork.com. www.teachmeteamwork.com. And so, at this point, people can get a hold of you at both both of those. Yes. Yeah. The ITF connect.com and teachmeteamwork.com. So, Tom, thank you very much for your insights about teams, about leadership, and we, we really appreciate having you. My pleasure. This has been Leadership Development News. We're signing off for now. Tune in again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.